0: Welcome to Consider This Question. The conversation you are about to hear was recorded on Thursday morning, October the 26th. In light of the event that happened at the OSU homecoming parade a week ago last Saturday, we discussed today how we minister to and encourage parents as they help their children process what happened. We hope you find it helpful.
1: Welcome to another podcast. We are here uh, in the studio this morning talking about um, just everything that's happened over the last week here in Stillwater. I'm sure uh, no matter where you are in the country, actually, that you've heard about um, the accident after the uh, right after the parade last week uh, here at OSU Homecoming. And uh, we've been uh, doing a lot of things, talking and praying and uh, meeting with families and individuals uh, regarding just... Um, processing that thinking through what those issues mean um, uh, to not just our people but into the community that we live right now and uh, we just thought it would be uh, an important thing for us to to communicate it so uh, it is Thursday um, uh, after homecoming and so uh, we've had a couple of days to process this we've had a little bit of the um, you know the every conversation where were you did you see this did you hear this that seems to have really died down and um and now we're kind of getting into that next phase which is more of the long-term processing difficult situations that happen um, in our community and how do we as pastors as ministers of the gospel come alongside our people and help them think through this and uh and 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 either deal with it in a very specific way i was there my family was right there Um, i'm just amazed and grateful that god blessed me but man I'm really trying to process why why, why didn't this happen to me. I had some of those conversations. I'm sure you did as well. So um, I'm here actually with Morgan Weiss, uh, our children's pastor, and Drew Henderson, who oversees our family ministry. Uh, and I, I thought it would be good for, to, for us to just sit down a little bit this, today and to, to kind of talk about these things. So um, uh, kind of I have some formal questions here that I think would be good for us to work through. And the first one is this. Um, Morgan, I'll start with you. Uh, so obviously um, people are asking tons of, of of questions right now they're they're trying to, to think through this and I, I just want to begin with um, like why is it important that we actually hear the questions and and when I say respond back I don't mean give like a quick answer but why is it so critical that we talk about this that we deal with people's questions and people's concerns um, and make sure that we, we we speak about these things to one another
2: I think there are a lot of reasons, but one of them is because we, as Christian people, we believe this has to do with a death, and, and actually several deaths, and um, we believe in what, we have, a, we have an idea, um, we have a belief about what's going to happen after you die, and we have a belief about this eternal perspective, and um, so I just think that's part of the reason why it's important, as there's this other level that we're constantly thinking about. I think kind of in Ephesians, in a context like Ephesians where it's constantly there is this other realm. We're talking about the spiritual realm and then this physical realm. I think it's very natural whenever a death occurs or a death happens that even people that are constantly thinking about this physical world that we're in right now will naturally have questions about this spiritual world that we talk about. So I think that's part of the reason is they're going to come to people who already have thoughts about that to to look for answers, so.
1: One of of the things I really appreciated what you said on on Monday, I still remember what you said in our staff meeting, was we need to help our people think through this. And when we say theologically, it's not, you know, hey, we're theologians, we're pastors, and so let's talk about this theologically. No, we're followers of Jesus. Therefore, everything goes through the God grid. Mm -hmm. Therefore, as we're dealing with very, what we would consider more temporal and immediate issues, like Mm -hmm. all the concerns about life and health and Mm -hmm. um, everything that we saw on Saturday, but what is, what is the divine perspective? And that's what you're saying. And I, I think it is so good that we give a, a framework to, to kind of help our people think through these. I, I really appreciated that insight. Drew, anything you want to add in terms of, like, why is it just critical that we, we talk about this? People would always say that, right? They would just yep. say, hey, Drew, I know you're struggling. You really need to talk about this. Well, but why is it important that we talk about this? Uh,
0: the thing that when you were talking just a second ago, Morgan, um, I think people... Uh, especially people that aren't christians um look to us in times like this like these are the kind of things that sure. we specialize in right and uh, sometimes that can you know feel like wow how come you never ask about these things at other times but uh, i think it's just great to take those kind of opportunities i um Talk to a guy that I know um, about this, and I'm not sure if he's a, a Christian or not. And uh, it, it's re- it was real easy for me to say, you know, I'm going to be praying for this for you. I'm going, you know, let me know how I can continue to pray for this in you. And at other times, that's kind of an awkward thing to say. But when times like this happen, uh, it's, it's a great opportunity that I think we need to take um, to press further, to ask those questions and that, you know, might possibly either now or down the road lead to kind of great, greater faith conversations with people.
1: I'm thinking about this, I guess, in, a, um, in, in the context of not just pastors, but everybody. Mm-hmm. And so we, we talk a lot about evangelism and how we can share our faith. And I, I like that, that perspective. It's not just giving an answer. It's mm-hmm. not just, Hey, here's why it happened. Or here's, here's another reason why I don't know why it happened. I mean, mm-hmm. which is usually now what everybody says but it really does become an opportunity for people to kind of share wherever they're at. Right. And so the struggles, I mean, we're always saying, Oh, I wish I could find the right opportunity to speak to somebody. And all of these things have bubbled to the surface right now and everybody's highly aware, sensitive, and it really does become great opportunities. Not for us to just come in in a weird way and say, Hey, I know you're thinking about the tragedy. Let me share with you Mm -hmm. uh, the work of Christ on the cross and how that, you know, that's not what I'm doing, but Hey, let's, Let's talk about some of these things and some of the concerns that you have about um, about the, the fact that we're really not in control of our lives. Can I talk to you about that? Right. Um, uh, so yeah, there's there's lots of different reasons. So we need a Christian perspective, like Morgan's saying, and it really does give us an opportunity to to share, mm-hmm. you know, the hope that we actually have. And I, therefore, I think it's really good. And 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 even don't just think about those people that you don't know, but you could actually even think about our own children. Mm-hmm. Right. I can I can use that as kind of a an opportunity to share that. So obviously one of the most difficult things that have happened this past weekend, I keep hearing this a lot, um, either from friends of mine whose children saw more than they kind of ever hoped that they'd have to see. Um, you know, we're kind of dealing with the fallout from all of that. So people are asking questions like, how do we. How do we process this? You know, we're not children psychologists. We're not trained in this particular area, so we're not trying to uh, don't ever replace this podcast with what your your children might need um, with somebody with professional help uh, or the abilities to, to help professionally. But, but what can we do to help parents with their children process uh, this event, and particularly maybe even those who witness these things? What are some things that we can say to them? Drew, why don't you?
0: Uh, I would say uh, to parents. I was just talking to uh, a mom the other day about this, and talking to she was talking to her child, and uh, as she was having trying to have this conversation with him, she was realizing that it wasn't you know, he wasn't saying much, and this really isn't that different than his nature. He's kind of a quieter sure. child. And uh, so as I was thinking about this, I thought, you know, one of the things that as parents we need to do, I need to do it with my own children, is to, if they're not saying anything right now, uh, I would just wait and continue to ask the questions, continue to not push for a response or to over-dramatize the matter at a particular point. Yeah. But, um, and she shared with me that later on, he actually came to her at, at, a, at a later time and said something, and it was actually what he would say, something very short. But it meant a lot that he would at least say that. So um, I wouldn't take a, uh, a response that someone would you know, characterize as, oh, he didn't say much as not meaning anything. For him, that meant a lot that he would, that he would go to her and, and speak about that. But if the response isn't immediate, I would just say one of the things I thought of was just wait and continue to have the conversations and, and raise the matter and, and that, that time that the conversation will come.
1: Yeah, I, I love the idea of, um, like, remember your kid's temperament or mm-hmm. personality. Remember right. kind of how they are. If they're quiet and they're still quiet, that actually fits. It's yep. not that strange. So, no, that's good. Morgan, anything you want to add to that?
2: I think just be consistent in your response. So <clears throat> think through questions they might ask. Kids typically ask questions that might – they're very very black and white, very tangible and literal – but that can be—you might be thinking of a complicated answer. So try to think about how to um, kind of narrow that down to a more simple answer. And then also, I would say think through how you're going to connect that to what the Word of God says about this issue, because I think that's the connection you need to make if you're going to be um, helping your child kind of look through a different sort of lens. Also, so um, and then the being consistent is. Like I think, I think a lot of questions a kid will ask. Well, they might ask why did this happen, and that might be almost a little bit of an easier question you could sure. answer because we live in a broken world and there is sin in it. But they might say something more like, "Why, why would she do that?" Yeah, and that's a different question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, it's still and it's a, still
1: dealing with her brokenness, but right. wow, it's so specific. Right,
2: and and it's okay to say, you know. I don't know that right now, and and I think you need need to know where where you're going to take your child in Scripture. And so I just think you need to know a basic response, and then you have to be consistent. And what I mean by that is not just in conversation with your child. You might not even have a lot more conversation with your child about it. Like Drew is saying, you don't want to over-dramatize what they're thinking. But you probably will have conversation with other adults about it around your children. And when you're talking to someone else in the room, I – you're talking to your child if they're in the room, whether you know it or not, because they're going to be responding the way that you respond. So if you give them a answer about, um, about grieving or having hope in the Lord, and then you're talking to other people around them, and you're talking as if you have no hope, then I think your child catches on to that. So. Mm-hmm. so they might be fine, and then five days later, they're not fine anymore, and they're having this big reaction. And part of that is because you might've been having a reaction for those five days to people. And so it builds in them, you know? And so I just think to just note that.
1: I think um, it's amazing how it's not different than how we handle other conversations. I think it's interesting how similar the advice that you're giving right now fits actually with just normal conversations, but particularly about conversations about where babies come from. And I think we want to make it more complicated than it is. Mm -hmm. And when a three-year-old asks you where did baby come from, you might just want to say the hospital. Mm -hmm. And when a 12-year-old is asking, then it's a little more of a, you know, kind of a detailed conversation. And so it's literally have a conversation, don't have a speech ready, Mm -hmm. right? Right? Like literally like engage them and see where they're at. And um, don't be surprised. I like what you just said, Morgan. Like don't be surprised if they get it and then they don't get it. And then they begin to get it again. And then Mm -hmm. a week later they don't get it. Uh, Right. There are so many variables. I think one of my concerns about any quote unquote professional who wants to explain how this works, um, who does it with stages one, two, you know, they go through this and then they go through this and then they go through this. I've never been in, in all of my counseling years, I've never been in somebody who knows exactly how to go through the grieving process or, whatever struggle that they're happening it's it's just never that it's paying attention to your kids it's Mm -hmm. remember that you're having a conversation and you're not just giving a speech Mm -hmm. so okay anything else specifically any um i I guess one let me let me add this one other thing i thought was really interesting i'd love to hear your take on this and it kind of lines up a little bit with what morgan just said i was talking to one couple um who were rather close to the incident uh, when it happened and i reminded them that your kids are watching you Um, And so I know they saw some rough things, but it's how you respond to this is probably where they're going to take their biggest cue. They may still cry. They may still be afraid, but they will be watching you to find out whether or not you're okay. Mm -hmm. And I'm not asking parents to fake or to pretend, but when there's an emergency, I mean, kids love to look at their mom and dad and think, I know I'm supposed to be scared right now, but I'm so glad you're not afraid and so there really does become kids looking at parents anything you want to add to that in terms of just how important it is for the parents to again not it's not about not being genuine or not Mm -hmm. sharing i was afraid too but sometimes when the parents run around freaking out sure that that's almost it almost just it it, it adds fuel to the fire
0: i uh, um like in our own family as we shared this we shared it as a very in, in the beginning more of a A general, you know, this is what we know, and this is what happened, this is is how we can be praying. And uh, that's how we started with that. And more of a ministry context, as far as kids watching us and our response, the the very next day, um, we're having our class as normal on a Sunday morning. Mm. And as I went in there, I was just kind of thinking about, you know, how do we need to approach this? You know, what do we need to change or what do we need to not change? And so we talked to some of our adult leaders that were in there. I said, just be ready to, to talk to kids. And if kids look like they need to ask questions or if they're hurting, then we need to be, be able to approach them. But I also intentionally approached that day. I'm going to just see what happens. I'm, we're not going to make a big announcement at the beginning here. We're just going to go on as usual. And it was funny that that was the response of the kids in that classroom they went on as if nothing happened and uh, we went through that 45 minutes or an hour and at at the end i just kind of said to everybody hey one of the things that i'm sure you're all aware of is what happened here yesterday and i just want everyone to be praying and as we went that direction the room immediately was silent and they tuned in to what was going on and so not that we need to over or under dramatize the moment, sure. but they do follow our example. And I think when we do ask the question, like I asked the question of our group, that they do respond and, uh, you know, at least follow our, our example in wanting to address the issue and not ignore it. Yeah.
2: And I would say just take <clears throat> a child's response for what the child's response is. So if a child's afraid, you don't have to act afraid or sorry or even swoop in and come in to rescue that. You can say, "That's o- it's okay to be afraid," mm-hmm. you know, and you just talk about it kind of like uh, factually. I think a little bit because they're expressing something literally. Sure. So sure. I, I'm afraid. I I feel scared, or I am on Sunday for us. There were there were a couple of girls that were very involved and one of they reacted very differently and one of them played and i i checked in with her a couple of times but i wasn't going to bring it up she was playing tag and have you know having fun and doing fine sure. there was another girl who wanted to be right beside me and so i had to run to get something and i did that why one of our volunteers was was teaching and i when i ran to get something when i came back she the volunteer said hey just so you know she was really concerned when all of a sudden you weren't here and so I just, I didn't do that. I didn't run any, run anywhere else. I just thought, okay, I'll just stay here. And, yeah. But I went and checked in with her, and she was fine. You know, hey, are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. But apparently when I had left the room, it made her more concerned. So just, I think just treating it, um, at least like with the trauma that we dealt with at, like I, I was a volunteer at a shelter, and the, a lot of the trauma that the kids would talk about there, they would just be sad, especially when it was nighttime. And part of what they told us mm-hmm. to to do is just to say, "I'm sorry that you're sad. It's okay, but it's okay to feel sad, you know." And then I think, Correct. so don't
1: swoop in and you know try oh, to answer. Oh, it's bigger every, deal. Y- yeah, yep, you just yep.
2: it's okay to be sad, and you can say it just like that. You don't have to say, "Oh, I'm so sorry." You're just don't be sad. Please don't be sad. Right, you know, right. yeah. It's okay to be sad, and you know. And I think that they kind of can pick up on your cues there too. Oh, okay. But then it's not just something i'm going to drown in and so i think
1: that um that's, a, that's a, i yeah. even like that metaphor morgan that you know you're going to be in the water but you're not going to drown i mean it's okay right. to be sad so it's you're wet right. you know you're going through Am this I telling you not to be that yes, way yes but the truth is yeah. you don't need to take it to this level right that really becomes a helpful way to to look at it i think about this a lot when um i deal with um tragedies with whether a grandma or grandpa passes away or even a parent passes away mm. And I'm astounded at how kids sometimes are really upset, and then other times, at their parents' funeral, are fine. Mm -hmm. You know, like, can we go play in the gym now Mm -hmm. while the parents eat? And I'm I'm looking at this child and I'm going, okay, they don't understand. Mm -hmm. And I I I I honestly I see it a little bit as God's grace Mm -hmm. that instead of just being overwhelmed with all the information right now, sometimes I want to cry, and then can can I go play? Mm -hmm. And that I, I think that's probably a normal way in which people children and 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 parents need to be prepared to to deal with that
2: and all of these things that i i think all the things that your child will feel the bible deals with like if it is a weird presence thing i just don't want to let my mom or my dad out of my sight because i'm okay the bible talks about god's presence quite a bit yeah you know and that is a comfort and a hope for us and peace for us the bible talks about hope the bible talks about sin the Bible talks about death. The Bible talks about grieving. It talks about all these things, and I think that I, I really just would encourage you to point them to those things and and ex- you read ahead of time and explain um, how it all fits. How together. it all fits together. Yeah.
1: Um. So, is there anything we, we talked a bit in, on our staff meeting on Monday about some things that we can be doing specifically? Um. What 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 are we doing as a church specifically to um, to help during this time of transition and crisis and transitioning out of crisis?
0: One of the things that it kind of goes without saying, but I know in our town we've been blessed with a number of great professional Christian counselors that mm-hmm. that people are professionally trained to deal with this kind of thing. And while as Christians, I think we can offer community with uh, people who have gone through things like this, we can offer our prayer, we can offer relationship, we can offer a lot um, to people and uh, what God can do through the body of Christ. And one of the ways that He does that also is I think through people that are professionally trained. So uh, one of the things that I got uh, emailed this week, I know that a lot of the Stillwater schools, I believe everyone got this if your kids go to Stillwater School, list of All the counselors that they're recommending people go see. I know on our church and our staff, we have a professional counselor, and if not here, then I know that there are others in towns. I know this kind of goes without saying, but find and seek out those kind of people. And if you don't know where to go, then I would say come find me or Morgan or Jim or anyone on our staff, and we can get you to the right place where you need to to go to talk. It's a little
1: bit like how even we look at counseling versus Mm -hmm. Stephen ministry versus a conversation with Jim and Morgan, you know? Mm So it's, um, let's start the conversation and let's see what we need. And some people I've had conversations with, I think I can help them and I'm great for a conversation. I'm great looking at through things theologically. And then I realize, wow, this is outside of um, where I'm specifically trained or feel comfortable with. And so I hand them off to Sharon and I know there have been times, she's our counselor on staff here. And I know there are times that Sharon says, listen, you need to talk to somebody that's um, like a psychiatrist, because part of the you know, part of the healing process that you're going to need, um, stands outside of some of her expertise. And so it's always realizing like, what can you do and when, what can't you do? And that's true for parents. And so in the same way, I would tell you what Drew's saying is for those of you that are parents that have no problem recognizing, um, I can take care of the basic physical problems my children have, but sometimes I need a doctor. Mm-hmm. And I can take care of some of the questions that my kids might have. But if my kid, for whatever reason, whether they saw it or didn't see it, or had someone that was closely affected or not, if they're really struggling, you know, let's let's come to us and let us help you find the the help that you need or, or find it. Morgan, anything else you want to add? That
2: I think well, we're trying to pray very specific prayers um, and be and pray really smart if you can pray smartly. i um, just to pray. You Can pray better. Better, you, you know. really can. Yeah, I agree. So just. Praying for discernment and wisdom, and how you should answer the Holy Spirit to be at work, things like that. Um, and then trying to make ourselves as approachable and available to, not and that's this week, of course, but you know, two months later, if if something happens, um, just to know that we are here and we would love to talk talk with you and and help you. You're not alone parenting your kids. So I just. For you guys to know that, I think it's a big deal. Um, and then the other, the other thing I think that we're, we're probably really called to be available for is there are a lot of people that were immediately firsthand involved in the accident, and then there's an even wider amount of people that we know that are affected by the accident because they're a part of the community. Sure. And so I think helping one another continue to respond well is really, really important. And so I think just if you have good friends and if if someone's responding irrationally or I would say like making bold statements um, that are swinging one way or another on Facebook, it'd probably be a good idea if you're close to that person to tell them, hey, maybe we should rethink this. <laughs> um, and just kind of helping, I think, from that side of things is probably really important. We We had a long conversation on Monday about about right response and at staff meeting mm -hmm, and, and, and we don't just come up with the right response. We look biblically about, so what should the response be? And part of the response is that, um, we don't want to make it about just about us, you know? And so I just think to be fully present and help people, um, and, and help comfort, bring comfort and peace and hope we we have to be fully present which means we're not making it about us so
1: i'll I'll tell you a great story i don't know if you guys heard this ryan vincent is one of our pastors here in the adult area and uh, he he was i think just given the call because yesterday we were getting ready for all of our stuff that we had done it was great night last night here um and i by the way i mean i think probably all of us had conversations with families about this at our um at our event Hmm. and so it's interesting it's like it's what are we doing we're kind of just having fun and gathering as family and Still occasionally as a need comes up, we're talking about what happened on Saturday. So that's kind of, Mm -hmm. it's fitting into the normal parts of life. But Mm -hmm. I guess earlier in the day, Ryan had gotten a call. Um, Somebody had called and uh, it was a Fox News people wanting to know the church's response to this. What are you doing? What are you doing? And Ryan shared that comment that we're just, we're not going to make it about us. And so we're here to help. We're here to serve. But the truth is, you know, there's a lot of needs that happen. We want to be a part of the solution and we really don't want to just make it about us. And she said... (laughs) Afterwards, she said, Hey, was there any chance I could come by and have like a kind of a face to face, bring the camera crew in and and, and kind of have you give your response? And he's, Did you not hear? I don't want to make it about me. And he said, No, I I don't think I need to do that. And I thought that was hilarious. He's like, I don't, I don't know what your, my face on the news is going to really do much in this Mm -hmm. particular instance. We're trying to not make this about us. So, no, I don't think we need to talk about it. I thought that was hilarious because and – I, and I thought it was fitting, I guess, more than fun. I thought it was funny. I thought it was apropos. It was, it was good to say, hey, we're not going to make this about us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're really not trying to answer every question I brought in, our children's pastor and our family ministry um, guru. Mm. Guru. Mm. Yes. Um, to kind of look at it from that perspective, I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe we should have a podcast about how, how do we pray? through through situations like this. What does that actually look like praying smarter or praying better? I mean, I think that'd be a great podcast. Um, any, any closing thoughts, personal reflections about, about this kind of some things that maybe God is saying to you or God is kind of helping you process through this Morgan kind of as we wrap up.
2: I think, and I'll let Drew talk about this, but one thing that we can kind of foresee happening is our community will, these kind of things bond a community together. And um, we're all part of that community, so um, I think one of the things that's kind of out there is this Stillwater Strong, which is great, and it's it's not it's a good thing to to bond as a community. But just to remember that there is a difference in our response as people who follow the Lord than just my response as someone who doesn't, and part of that is that. Our strength. We love our. We love our town. I love this town. I was born in this town. I love it. Um, you get excited. Can see. I get really excited. Oh, in your hand motions I'm waving. I'm waving right now. Hand I'm excited. Yeah. The Pioneers. I love it. Cowboys. Yeah, I do. I love this town, and I think that there's nothing wrong with saying Stillwater strong. So please don't. Be embarrassed by something you posted on your Facebook about <laughs> hashtags. dollars Trump. Don't be embarrassed and just go run. And into the five again. T-shirts you bought. Yeah, yeah, they're going to a good cause. Yeah, I mean, it's a great emba- idea. Yes, yes, yep, yep, I agree. Um, but just to know that there is this underlying. I don't want to talk about God things and never talk about God. If that makes sense, I don't want to talk about hope and the world is fallen and broken, and we never talk about God. I mm-hmm. think that's a problem, and so I just. Would really, really just encourage you to talk about that. Our strength and our hope comes from the from comes from the Lord, and what that means for us. And I just think not because you were born at Stillwater Medical, right?
1: Which did a great job, by the way, um, yeah. handling the. I mean, great hospital, right? Um, but that's not what makes us strong,
2: right? Absolutely, yeah. So
1: I know, Drew. That's kind of. I mean, I, Sure, you, yeah. You talked about that yeah. to me on Sunday. I really loved your perspective. Jerry's yeah. well,
2: the one that talked to me about that, too, by the way. Well, <laughs> He's I, the guru. I just,
0: <laughs> he is the guru. I just hope that we always remember. I mean, and I, I think sometimes uh, people might think, well, you know, you weren't born here and you don't understand. I mean, I've lived here almost 15 years. All my kids go to school here. They were all born here, and I love it just about as much as Morgan does just without the
2: hand-waving, hand-waving
0: yeah. part. Or the higher-pitched voice. But, yes. <laughs> But, you know, I just think that more than anything, we we do need to not just understand ourselves, but we need to communicate this with other people, also our own children, mm-hmm. where we do find our hope, and our hope is ultimately in Christ, and uh, we don't trust in ourselves. That's, that's, that is that's not where we're finding our hope and our strength through all of this. And uh, another thing that I had been thinking about through this is I would use this as a time uh, to, to tell people things that you don't normally tell them. Oh, that's and, uh, you know, and I, we always think, Oh, i tell your kids, you love them. Well, it, but even more than that, right. Uh, I was having a conversation with the guy that he's the principal of our, of our, where our kids go to school. And he sent out kind of his normal weekly email and, uh, just communicated about how they were talking about the situation. And I just sent him a short response back. And, uh, I, I think he is a Christian and just um, said, hey, I appreciate what you do, your role in our school and, and all that you do. And he responded back, said, hey, thanks so much for the encouraging words, and that really means a lot. And those are the kind of things that I you don't normally say to people. It's, it was a response to an email. It wasn't sure. that personal. Sure. But our bond and what we have in the body of Christ, whether it's our church or other churches, is yeah. strong. And I think that mm-hmm. That we see that in times like this and become, I, I'm even more grateful for it. So, and it's, it, don't it's, be afraid to say that to people.
1: Yeah, it's and it's even interesting. I was watching the um, all the news coverage when it was first happening because I mean, I was, I mean, I had been down. I wasn't there when it happened, but I was there shortly after to make sure there weren't any pastoral needs that we could take care of. And when I went on home and I watched the news a little bit, and I almost everybody on the news, I mean, I either I knew them from. Either I knew that they went to our church or that they were somebody somewhere else, and I love to think about man. I love this town as well. I've been here for twelve years. I try to jump in wherever I'm at. I'm really grateful to live in Stillwater and all of those things. My kids weren't born here, by the way, but uh, they. I, I I still love Stillwater. You have hand motions though. I, do. I just I hand saw motions. them. That's I I have that share with Morgan. But here's what I here's what I, I I hope that we make Stillwater stronger because of our commitment to Jesus Christ and not the other way around. Right that we actually have opportunities to make a difference and to do things. And we get that hope and we get that strength and we get that courage because we believe that God wants us here and he wants us to make Stillwater strong. He wants us to make it a community that in some ways uh, resemble his image. And as much as we can do something about that, we want to do that. We're here to serve our community. We're here to love it. We're here to, to uh, speak truth to it. And sometimes that truth um, comes in the moments of crisis and we have an opportunity to say, hey, listen, yeah, I don't even have all the answers, but I do know about God, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I do know that that kind of – he is the answer. I keep saying that he is the answer. Mm -hmm. Um, The conversation may take a lot longer, but he really is the answer to all of these things. And so really appreciate both of you um, in terms of the ministry that you do, the insights that you have. You've helped even me process this. Um, So uh, remember, if there is something that you would like to think through this or if there is an issue that you would like to think through with someone – um, whether it's with your kids or whether it's it's personally, um, uh, we are here for you um, to come alongside and to help you process this. We have a young man that lives with us right now. We consider him to be kind of our, our fourth son. His name is Sergio, and he is from Mexico. Um, and he's seen a lot of difficulties in his town, a lot of hardships. And after Sunday, when we kind of rearranged everything and kind of Said, let's just focus on and kind of process this. And Steve kind of redid some of the worship stuff. And we really had a time of um, hopefully ministering to one another and kind of looking at God's perspective on things. And after we came home, Sergi was just making an observation about how um, you guys don't really deal with just catastrophes all the time, do you? And I yeah. just, we're all sitting around the table and we said, no, we don't. And he said, it's very interesting how. Like everything changes because of the accident. And he said, I have stuff like this that happens all the time in my hometown.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And uh, it was just really kind of interesting to process through that. And so lots of different things, um, lots of different needs. um, Know that we are here because of our love for God and our commitment to his mission here in Stillwater. Um, So we love you guys. Continue to pray for Kyle and um, for all those at at the police department as well as all those at Stillwater Medical um, and, and maybe even do something nice for them. Um, try to do something to, to let them know how much you are grateful, uh, for the amazing work that was done this past weekend to provide care and, um, and healing, uh, in a, in a number of different contexts. And don't forget, it's not, it's not done. There's lots of processing that needs to happen as we kind of move out from here. So anyway, that's our podcast for today. We love you guys and, uh, we'll see you on our
0: next podcast.